All right, good morning. It is morning, I believe, almost afternoon, but good morning. This is today's This Week's Sports Buzz Podcast. I'm Eric Bergstrom with Joey Sparks again. Joey, glad to have you back. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, good weekend of sports, a good weekend coming up of sports, also a good week. The Brewers starting off on Thursday in San Diego, so we're going to talk about the Brewers real quick here, Uh, get an interview we had with Corbin Burns, one of their top pitching prospects. I think we talked maybe about a month ago um, down in Arizona, so we'll get that on there. And then after that, we'll go to the Final Four, talk about that. Um, why don't you mention some sponsors? We have some new ones, right? Yeah, definitely. We've uh, constantly been sponsored by Shubies. They've been great to us. And now we're also adding Prestige Auto Body and Haystack Apparel as well. Yeah, so we welcome them. So check out all those great businesses, all the great things going on. Um, like I said, we'll talk about the Brewers right now starting off their season on Thursday in San Diego. Now, Joey, I know you and I had talked about this a couple weeks ago. We discussed the Central Division, the you know what a t- tough division that is with St. Louis, the Cubs, everything, all the teams the Brewers are going to have to deal with. Uh, the Brewers, to me, they improved their team quite a bit on the field, definitely defensively, definitely on base percentage, um, batting, also batting average. They should be a lot faster. They should be able to score some runs a lot easier than last year. Last year, very dependent on the home run. This year, they should be able to mac- manufacture runs and prevent runs as well. At least that's that's what it looks like to me. Now, when I think about the Brewers in that tough division, the only spot, the spot that might hold them back is the starting rotation, which, you know, as the season goes on, if that's the case, they can always make a trade because they have a lot of assets out in the outfield. So they could always shore that up. But right now, I would say the Cubs definitely have an advantage in the starting rotation, and the Cubs also on the field have just as much talent as the Brewers. So the Brewers, if they're going to be held back at all in that division from getting winning the division, I would say the starting rotation is where that that's question mark, you know, is. And I think this, the starting rotation for the Brewers right now, they have a ton of names on there that they're good, but not great. They don't have that one guy that's going to dominate any game. You know, it, it's nice for the Cubs because they can go, they can, it's, it's almost like every night they can go out and put somebody out there that might dominate. Right, right. For the Brewers, they got guys that will get the job done, but not necessarily dominate the game the way they, they could and should. Right. One of their pitchers who can dominate, he's not actually going to be on the team at first, is Jimmy Nelson. Now, when they get him back, now that's a big, big uh, mid-season acquisition right there when they get him back. I don't know, is it supposed to be halfway through the season or a little bit later? When is he expected to come back? You I'm know? not exactly sure on that. Maybe we'll have to call him and find out when he's going to come back. But uh, we'll see if they can you know, stay in the race, stay with the Cubs until they can get him back, maybe make a deal, something like that. But right now, we had a chance to talk to Corbin Burns about a month ago. You're going to hear the difference in my voice because I was sick that week. (laughs) But we had a chance to talk to him down in Arizona. We're going to play that for you right now. And then we'll, after that, we'll talk about the Final Four. So here we go. Hey, Corbin, it's Eric Bergstrom. How are you? Good. How you doing? I'm great. My uh, partner, Joey's here with me. Uh, We want to thank you for doing this. We appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. First of all, make us feel bad, all right? What's the weather like out there in Arizona? (laughs) Well... Today it's actually a little overcast. It's like it's about 55 and overcast right now. Okay, hey, we're not that far away. I think it's in the 40s here today. No. So hey, <laughs> so I don't feel bad at all. Yeah, we. <laughs> no, nah, it rained yesterday. It rained this morning. It's, it's not too, not too, not too bad right now. All right. So uh, I wanted to ask you, with all the optimism surrounding the Brewers team this year, what's the feeling like right now in the clubhouse on the field at the start of camp? Yeah, you know, it's uh, you know, there's a lot of excitement going on in the clubhouse right now. Um, you know, I was out here a week early, so I spent the, you know, the last week on the minor league side, um, you know, getting ready, and you know, everyone over there is excited. And then, you know, moving over to the big league side yesterday, and you know, getting on the field for the first time, it's uh, you know, a lot of guys, 
you know, a lot of a lot of smiling faces, a lot of excitement, you know, a lot of a lot of new faces around the clubhouse, but uh, you know everyone's excited, everyone's ready to get going, and uh, everyone thinks it could be a special year this year. Yeah, you know it's nice having a great team, but hey, baseball season is starting. That's always amazing, right? Exactly. That's that's the best part of it. Yeah. Now I saw you got to uh, you were part of Brewers on Deck, right? Yes. Yes, it is. What was that like for you? Uh, yeah, that was a good experience. Um, you know, to, to, uh, to go to that event where there's, I mean, there's thousands of people in the, in the convention center and, um, you know, to be able to, be able to interact with all the Brewers fans and, you know, be there with all the, all the guys. It was, it was a pretty cool experience and, um, you know, I was fortunate to be invited to that and that was a good time. Yeah, I talked to Jimmy Nelson last year, the last couple of years, and he went to that and he was saying he got to play video games with the kids and, you know, the kids being at those things that really look up to you guys. Who did you look up to growing up in California? Yeah, so I was always uh, I was always I was an Angels fan growing up. So, oh, okay. um, uh, so you know, I watched the like um, you know growing up. Some of my, one of my favorite players was David Eckstein. Nice. Um, you know, of course, over the you know, last couple of years, watching Trout and Pujols. So there's you know there's a couple of big names coming through there. But uh, yeah, that was always the team I followed growing up. Coburn, I'm a young guy myself, and uh, you know, you, you just being 23 years old, can you talk about what it's like to go to a clubhouse like this, go to Arizona for spring training, and and travel with the team? Yeah, no, it's definitely an exciting experience. Um, you know, this being only my second spring training, um, you know, it's definitely a, a little bit of adjustments from the minor league side. But um, you know, to, to to be around all these guys that had such a successful year last year, um, you know, with the excitement in the clubhouse now, with you know, the, of course, the offseason acquisitions and um, you know, the you know, the, a lot of hype around the Brewers right now. It's uh, definitely an exciting time, and um, you know, I'm just just fortunate enough to be out there with those guys and to be able to work out with those guys and be out there throwing with them. Um, yeah, it's just it's a great experience, and you know, something I'll never forget. Now, uh, for the fans who don't get to experience it like you, what's a typical day like for you during spring training? Yeah, so um, yeah, so typically day, you know, we're going to get there around you know nine nine thirty, um, be on the field at ten, and then just kind of just depends on what's in you know what's in store that day. Um, usually, some type of fielding drill. You know, if you got a bullpen that day, you you throw your pen, um, and then usually there's some type of team defensive work. Um, and then it's, you know, go in and you, you get your workout in, get your conditioning done, and you know, then you're usually out of there at a decent time. You know, once the games start, um, your games start around, you know, 1, one thirty. So uh, if you're playing in the game that day, it's, of course, a little bit longer day. But, um, you know, for the most part, it's a pretty quick day. Um, you, you know, you go in, get, get your stuff done, get, you know, get your workout in, and then, uh, then you're out of there. And working your way into the game idea of it, you're a pitcher, you, you know, you only – have to to play one of every say five games so can you talk us through a pregame ritual because i know those are very important to, to pitchers yeah no definitely um yeah well, it's it's especially critical once you get in the season um you know playing 100, 140 games a season you know, definitely takes a toll on your body but um now for start i mean to there um you know two to three hours early um you know get there as soon as they get there usually jump in the hot tub you know try to get the body you know warmed up loosened up and then and i've got a you know Stretching routine, you know, mobility routine. I go through to get, you know, get everything going, get, get all the joints warmed up. Um, you know, go in, get stretched out. Um, then usually try to get out to the field about 45 minutes early to, you know, start going through, you know, catch play routine and, you know, last minute stretching. And then, you know, about now uh, within 20 minutes of the game, you're getting on the bullpen mound and, you know, starting to focus in and trying to get everything going that day. And then, of course, you know, game time, it's, you know, it's, you throw everything aside and you get on the mound and compete. As far as goals this year, spring training and for the season, uh, what kind of, what kind of goals do you have for the season? Uh, yeah, for me, I just want to build off the year I had last year. Um, you know, last year was a pretty successful year for me. Um, 
you know, had a lot of changes, you know, with the delivery I was making, and um, you know, was able to do it pretty successful last year. So that was something I continue to work on the offseason. That's something I'm going to continue to work on this year. Um, you know, as far as where I'll be, you know, I'm, I'm going to go wherever the Brewers want me to go. Um, you know, they have a plan for me, and you know, my plan is to go out and whether it's you know double A, triple A, big leagues, I'm going to go out there and play a big game this game, just go out and compete and. Yeah, do my best to get the Brewers a chance to win some games this year. Now, I've seen that you throw a fastball, a slider, a changeup, and a curveball. Is there anything that we're missing? And if so, what is the most difficult pitch to master? Uh, no, that, that's, that's my four-pitch mix. Um, you know, the, the changeup's kind of been, <clears throat> it's been changing up you know, over the years. But for me, um, you know, get, getting the consistency with the changeup is what I'm working on the most right now. Um, you know, I was pretty successful with the curveball and slider last year, and, um, you know, of course, I got got pretty good fastball command. So for me, it's just, um, you know, that last piece, that last thing I need to work on is just getting consistent with the change up. That's something I've been you know, been working on, you know, last year in the soft season. You know, I'm still in a better place when I come into this year, but something I still got still got to develop. Now, for any baseball player, a batter or a pitcher, confidence so important. Uh, it seems like you're a pretty confident guy. What's your favorite thing about that one-on-one battle with the batter? Yeah, you know, that's, you know, when the when hitter steps into the plate, you know, I, I, I'm going to go straight after him. You're not going to be the guy that shies away, you know. Not going to be the guy that throws around the three or four hitter, you know. It's, that's just not how I am as a person, as a pitcher. Um, you know, when that guy steps in the box, you know, I'm treating him as the best hitter on the team every single time, and I'm going to go after him. Um, you know, I'm not going to change my game plan because of, you know, a hitter's strengths or a hitter's weaknesses. I'm going to pitch to my strengths and, that means going at a guy with a fastball, then I go at him with a fastball. But um, now for me, it's just you know, I'm I'm a competitor up there on the mound. I like to attack hitters, and for me, when I'm at my best, is when you know I get ahead of hitters and go after them. So that's my uh, my plan of attack. Now, when did you realize you had that kind of stuff that could make it to majors? Um, I would say I started to realize it um, just you know, ball after my um, sophomore year when I got to play in Cape Cod. Um, yeah, that was that was. A, Awesome experience, you know, playing against the best college kids in the country. That's when you start to get the recognition, you know, st- you know, scouts starting to talk to you, starting to follow you a little bit. So that's kind of when I realized that, you know, I, I got a real shot of, you know, getting drafted pretty high and playing professionally. Now, uh, I have to ask you this. Like, every generation, there's always someone who rocks the glasses like you. I'm seeing a lot of promotional opportunities, a lot of ways to make money for you when you get to the Brewers. <laughs> now, t- <laughs> now, tell me, we're going to hook that up, okay? Now, t- tell me about that because it looks pretty cool, man. I was talking to Joey before. Yeah. There's always someone every generation. I think it's going to be you. I'm, I'm hoping so. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's something I started doing um, right after my senior year of high school. I, I always wore contacts through high school. Um, always had problems with them, you know, falling out, this and that. Um, and also, you know, see it a lot clearer with glasses. So after high school, I finally made the switch. You know, I'm just going to go all glasses. You know, start to get into the sports glasses. And, you know, since then, it's kind of stuck and just kind of been my look ever since. Nice. I like it. All right, Corbin, hey, thanks a lot. We really appreciate it. Good luck this season, and keep in touch, okay? Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on. All right. That was Corbin Burns from the Brewers in Arizona about a month ago. You could tell my voice is much, much better now. Um, check him out. Check out his glasses. It's a real good look. The Brewers starting out. There goes my voice just like that. <clears throat> the Brewers starting out this Thursday. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> now we're good. All right. In San Diego this Thursday, you can hear all the Brewers games on Sports Radio 570. All right, time to talk about the Final Four. Joey, what a tournament it's been. We've got Michigan, Loyola, Chicago. That's a team we talked about way back at the start that we thought was pretty good, but did we think they were going to be this good? Probably not. In the Final Four, an amazing, amazing story. Uh, Villanova and Kansas. So we have the big boys. 
on the one side. Not that Michigan's not a big boy, but we have the two big boys on the right side. On the left side, we've got Michigan and Loyola. So two completely different brackets each on the sides there. Yeah, just like everybody picked uh, Loyola Chicago versus Michigan in right, the final right, four. Right. You know, so. Is there anybody on earth that picked that? I wonder. Uh, not even Sister Jean picked that. So, <laughs> Sister Jean, yeah, she's 98, I just found out. Yep. So if we want to talk about that game, Loyola, you know, throughout the tournament leading up to their last game, it was all really tight games. They won by one, two. They were all real close games. But last game came out, dominated from the start to get to the Final Four, no doubt at all. Yeah, they won by they won their first uh, three games by a combined of four points. So they've been playing pretty well and just well enough to, at the end of the games to win the games and then just come out and dominate K-State 78-62. to 62. And one thing that I think K-State was missing was Dean Wade, their number one scorer. I thought that was a big miss for them, but the Ramblers, I mean, they just put the hammer down. They look good. Now Michigan sort of hung on against um, in the last game against Florida State. Michigan hangs on. Their free, three, free throw shooting could be a problem because that let – uh, Florida State hang around, and that may be a problem in the Final Four. Now, Michigan, you would think Michigan would be a pretty big favorite in this game, but I'm a Michigan fan. I'm kind of actually worried about this game because Michigan, the thing that makes them so hard to defend is the same thing that makes Loyola so hard, a lot of shooters on both sides. Well, the thing with Loyola-Chicago is they're in the top three throughout the regular season in field goal percentage. They were over 50% all year. So uh, the thing that makes them most difficult to defend and they also have five guys averaging 10 to 12 points somewhere right. in there. So there's no one guy you can key on. And for Michigan, I think the biggest thing for them is obviously their three-point shooting. Well, in the last game, they shot 18% from the right. three-point line. If they do that again, I think the Ramblers might pull this off. My, my heart says Michigan, but my head is actually saying that's going to be a very hard game. Now, and also, we're dealing with Sister Jean, like you said, 98 years old, but shots have been fired, I just found out. Jalen Rose's grandmother's 100 says it's over. Oh, really? <laughs> so we'll okay. see. We'll see what happened. And also, I didn't know there was going to be nuns in this tournament. I didn't know. And <laughs> Easter's on Sunday. That could be a problem. I mean, divine intervention. It seems like it's against me and Michigan, so we'll see what happens. That, that could be. That's a problem for me. Yeah, looking right into in the future. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, we'll talk about the other side now. Villanova, you know, at first I'd picked Duke to go against Michigan in the final game, but Vill Villanova's really impressed me. I think they're playing real good right now. I don't know if either Michigan or Loyola is going to beat them if they get there, Loyola or Villanova gets there. Villanova, I, I picked them to win it. Right. I think they are the best team in this in this tournament right now. Uh, Kansas played very well against Duke, but... Villanova, they shot 16% from the three-point line and still won by 12. I mean, to do that... The most it, talented team, so yeah, it, having them playing well is a problem for everybody else. And that's the thing, is if you can do that and then get some of those three-pointers to go down, you win by 20, easily. And, and Kansas got in there by beating Duke in overtime. Some people, you know, questionable calls and things like that, but give Kansas credit for getting there. So Kansas against Villanova. No, you pick Villanova. Are you sticking with that, I assume? I am. I'm... Somewhat cheering for Kansas a little bit, all <laughs> because they beat Duke, and everybody hates Duke. Well, I was everybody. Picking, I do Duke. hate Duke actually, but that was my pick. I was just picking with my head. I thought they were going to go on a run and get there and win it. But I also hate Duke. Trust me when I tell you that. Well, just like you said with uh, Brad Davidson at, at Wisconsin, yeah, that's how I feel about Grace now, and I think a <laughs> lot of people do too. But yeah, you're not everybody alone. Everybody hates Duke. <laughs> they, they love seeing them lose, and I love seeing them lose. So. All right. I'm, I'm glad they're out. Reseed these four teams. Who do you think is going to be in the championship game? You think Villanova is going to win? Who Who do you got? Do you have Loyola? Well, if if I'm going to reseed them, I'm going to go Villanova at one, 
Kansas at two, Michigan three, and Loyola Chicago. That's what I would four. do too. But I really do think Loyola is going to give Michigan all kinds of problems. Hey, they've they've done really well in the underdog role, and I think they're still going to do well in the underdog role. I don't think the spread on both of these games. I think it's five. Right. And I don't think it's even going to get up to five for that for the Loyola Chicago and Michigan game. I think it'll be decided by one possession. For Michigan, what a path that was laid out for them. They haven't played a team. <laughs> With a higher seed than six throughout the whole tournament. 14, 6, 7, 9, 9 and, and now 11. 11 so, in the final four, yeah. Yeah, 6 That's is pretty the amazing, highest. yeah. Not and, that Michigan's not a good team and they're not playing well. They are a good team. But, I mean, that rarely, that, that may have never happened. I don't know. Oh, yeah, and you saw their potential against Texas A&M. If they start hitting their threes and they, they start hitting their shots, I mean, they scored 99 points and they won by uh, 27. So right. That's the difference, though, is it? they didn't hit their shots against uh, Florida State, so who knows what's going to happen in this one. Right. So I had, before everything took place, I had Duke against Michigan, and I had Duke winning. So really for me to reseed is more important than you because you had Villanova, you're still sticking with them. If I had to reseed, I'd stick the way you did, but I would probably have Michigan against Villanova and Villanova winning if I had to redo this one. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I would pick Michigan to win this one You know, just based off of the fact that I think – they're hot. They're you know they're a solid team. And actually, I shouldn't even say they're hot because it's it's a win streak of 14 for right. Loyal Chicago and 13 for, for Michigan. Michigan yeah. So, I mean, it, something's got to give there. You would think so, yeah. And Michigan, they usually don't have two bad games in a row. And I think playing Florida State, that was a team the way they played so physical like that that sometimes gives Michigan some problems. I think Loyola, they're not that physical. I think Michigan will have an easier time getting shots. But I also think, like I said, Loyola has a lot of shooters, too. So I think it's going to be a good game on offense. Michigan, one of the better defensive teams, but I still think when a team has that many shooters, it's tough to defend all over the court. So I think it's going to be a higher-scoring game. I'm hoping Michigan will come out on top. We'll find out. I'm really looking forward to Saturday's games. Those are two games, just like we said, the Blue Bloods over there, Nova and Kansas, again, and then you know, Loyola, Chicago, and Michigan, I think that's just going to be two solid games of basketball. And I think whoever wins, I think whoever's watching wins. I was thinking about the uh, the tournament, the NCAA tournament. And it's one of the only things um, in sports, actually, where getting to the Final Four, it's almost more important. It almost has as much prestige as actually winning it or even just getting to the championship game, right? I mean, if you think about it. They sell Final Four t-shirts, all that stuff. If your team gets there, it's almost like that's such a big accomplishment. Even whoever is in the championship game and loses, that's not you know, as much of an accomplishment as just getting to the Final Four. It seems like that anyway. Yeah, they make it like a championship thing, and which I fully understand because they won the West. They won the South. They right. won their you region. Right, cut down the nets and everything. Yeah. They make it a big deal. Yeah, and they, they won their region, so I, I get that, but... Just like you said, they kind of they almost put too much on it you exactly, know, because yeah. it seems like the national championship once it actually happens and a winner is crowned, it's almost like well there was already four winners. It really, crowned, yeah, so. that's what it feels like. Yeah. Before we say goodbye, I want to look at uh, the tournament challenge. I dropped down a little bit. I'm in fifth right now, but I assume I'll drop because I lost Duke out of that. And you actually went up quite a bit, right? You were in the 30s. Now I think you're 17 or something like that. I'm climbing. Yeah. Here I, I come. Don't know if, I don't know <laughs> if you can climb that far. I don't know if you have that big of a rope, but you're definitely moving your way up. Like I said, I'm in fifth. Kit, let's see where he's at. Kit is at 12. 12. Kit's at 12. And then on top, Zach Newman. What? Zach Newman. Who does he have? I haven't even looked at his thing. Oh, um, I bracket. don't remember who he I know, is winning. I think, it, I think he's got Virginia. Kansas. Oh, okay. He's got Kansas. It is. But I have to look at this. I wonder if he has Michigan in there because it seems like anyone who had Michigan 
going that far. They're the ones hanging around right now. Michigan was the key to all this for a lot of people. Yeah, and, and I saw a thing that said there was uh, 550 brackets that had the Final Four correct in, in, the, okay, in, okay. in the world as far as uh, ESPN brackets. With Loyola? Yeah, with Loyola. Really? So, who knows what's going to happen here? That's probably people who did about you know a hundred brackets and just threw everything out there. They're probably all from Loyola anyway. So. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, anyway, uh, the Brewers start Thursday. Hear that game on Sports Radio five seventy in San Diego, and then this weekend. What a weekend it is! Final Four. We'll talk to you again next week. He's Joey Sparks. I'm Eric Bergstrom. Have a great week.